Philistines had stopped and filled with earth all the wells that his father's servants had dug in the days of Abraham his father. It's talking about Isaac who found the Philistines had filled up the wells to stop the water from flowing. And then we read in Genesis 26, 18, and Isaac dug again the wells of water that had been dug in the days of Abraham his father, which the Philistines had stopped after the death of Abraham. And just so you can be thinking in terms of what these verses mean pertaining to what I want to say, the water of the word of God flowed freely through this nation and, and the Western world. But the Philistines have been filling up the wells. Just a couple of days ago, we heard that that famous structure, Notre Dame in Paris, went up in flames. It was interesting on Fox News, on the Tucker Carlson program, I saw this headline there, as you can see it, this caption, a sad reminder of Christianity's decline in Europe, question mark. And you know, when I saw that, I thought, you know, really, in a way, it's a picture of what's happening because a fire has ravaged across Europe and it's ravaging across the rest of the Western world. It's a fire that is causing lots of church buildings, in a sense, to be burned up because there are church buildings that have closed down all over Europe, all over the United Kingdom, Australia, Canada, and it's happening in America. Actually, what's happening is the wells are being filled in by the Philistines. Who would have thought that we would be talking about headlines like this in America? Children are being euthanized in Belgium. Uh, Ted Speaker says pedophilia is a natural sexual orientation. Pastor loses job after church signs stating homosexuality is still a sin causes an uproar. University bans Christian group for refusing leadership to gay student. Case hits federal court. Well, God bless you. Welcome to Prophetic Whispers. That was a great Ken Ham who does many, many uh, biblical uh, worldview uh, seminars around the world uh, regarding the culture and the church and the fidelity to the Word of God. And so today, um, I just want to continue this this thought. Um, and I know my uh, much of much of what I try to do on the podcast is to give you research and give you uh, things that you should know. And I know many times we go to church and uh, and the sermons are built around um, edification in the sense of in the sense of um, making making you whole in your mind or making you feel better about yourself or or your perspectives or your situations or your circumstances. Um, 
and, and, and all those have its place. But what I, what I like about the podcast and, and what I love doing, and I have many podcasts out there, is the reason why we believe what we believe, uh, giving you pillars of faith and giving you, giving you what you don't get anywhere else. And so um, this is going to be another one of those where we discuss you know, the fidelity of the Word of God, the fidelity to the Word of God, you know, the infallibility of Scripture, the sufficiency of Scripture, and um, and the sufficiency of Scripture, the inerrancy of Scripture. You know, I know I repeated sufficient twice, but the inerrancy of Scripture, you know, and, and th- those are important things to keep, to keep in mind because of the day we live in, the day we are living in. I mean, uh, this is, this is, um, uh, a prophetic time that we're living in. I mean, uh, Paul talks about this in First Corinthians, First Timothy, chapter four, verse one, that in, in the latter times some shall depart from the faith, giving heed to seducing spirits in doctrines of devils, and then gives a whole list of of uh, what man becomes. You got Romans chapter one. You have. You have this this picture of of humanity that has lost its mind because it took God out of its knowledge, and so we are there right now. In fact, um, there's an there's another um, thing that uh, another cult that hit the um, that has hit the media wire, and that is Satanism, where they are now um, they are now having Satan rallies, and they are they are tearing up Bibles because Bibles are tyrannical and Bibles are restrictive and oppressive, and what they want to do is get rid of all the oppression, the the flag, you know, they they, they tore a flag, they did all kinds of crazy things, and 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 maybe I'll do one on that, um, but I want you to understand that we're in a real war for truth and we have to we have to be able to stand up and give an answer for why we believe in what we believe in and so um yeah don't mind the dog my little yorkies they they're protecting us from amazon or or uh ups man or they're protecting us from somebody right now but uh anyhow and, and so so we, we as christians we have to be able to give an apologia you know an apologetic for for why we believe what we believe to to give an answer and uh, the culture the culture has done such a work within the church that um, there's no clear answers anymore you know it, it's as if the word of god has changed and it's it's as if uh, jesus has a different opinion if you look at if you look look at commercials you know, even even um, these Jesus commercials that come out, Jesus is an immigrant. Jesus was a gang member uh, spreading love. I mean, they give you all these ideas, okay, of of different manifestations of love, you know, and uh, and it's Jesus. You, you get your true picture from the Word of God. You, that, that's where you get it from, from the Word of God. Not what, how men interpret it. It's it's looking into the text. I mean, that, I mean that's uh, that's a Luke twenty four lesson where Jesus went to the Old Testament to the to the two disciples on the road to Emmaus, and he gave them a messianic message through the Old Testament, through the Psalms, the Proverbs, the prophets. He gives them all this about him as death and his resurrection. He gives them all this stuff 
about who he is. You know, when Peter was asked, who does men say that I am? Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. How, what was Jesus's uh, response to that? Flesh and blood had not revealed that to you, but my Father, which is in heaven, has revealed that to you. So here you see that seeing Christ correctly is a move of the Spirit of God. It's an unveiling of, of the Word of God to you. It's the opening up of your mind. And so as we look at this, because what, you know, as we look at the text, as we look at the Bible, and the church is filled with people, but may, many have wrong ideas about who Jesus is and their responsibility to Him and the responsibility to Christianity and faith in Christ and what does it look like to be a follower of Jesus? What does it mean when you say, I am a Christian? What does that even look like anymore? There are things that are accepted now as being, as being um, uh, behavioral um, norms now in the church that 10, 20 years ago weren't accepted. There were, there were things that only sinners would do. But the church does them now, and they're well accepted. They'll preach from the pulpit that um, some, of the, some of the levity uh, of uh, their their uh, their appetites that years ago they were they, those things were not allowed because holiness was a was a was a definite doctrine it wasn't something that was uh, futuristic it was now it's something that you worked on righteousness holiness uh, sanctification justification what what does all that mean and so again i i want to just take this time to draw our attention because we have this this humanism that has seeped into the church and and the church just doesn't seem to have many answers and i and i, and I challenge you i challenge you to to ask your pastors as you as you as you um, engage in the text and you you start learning more of the scriptures, ask them about these things. Ask them about the cultural um, the cultural uh, humanistic ideas that some don't want to touch from the pulpit because it sounds ugly or it's not it's not um, it's not uh, palatable to the church. It's, the language isn't there anymore like it used to be. And so ask them about the humanism. Um, that uh, that has crept in. It's it's everywhere. The the re, the re, removing of God from the knowledge of one's mind. You know, it's so noticeable. It's so noticeable. And uh, ask them. Ask them about humanism that's prevalent now. See what answers they get. See how biblical they are. Do they have a biblical worldview on these things? You know, abortion, pornography. What's your views on what's the views um, your views on pornography, transgender? And transgenderism, that's a huge thing right now. Euthanasia, what do they think of that? Pedophilia, the LGBTQANI. You know, what are the church's stances on that? What does the Bible say about that? What do they, where do they stand on that? There, there's a, there was a, uh, the mayor of, um, the mayor of Chicago just uh, was elected, and he was a, a church. He's a he's a he's a Christian, out of a Church of God in Christ. Comes from a strong lineage of um, preachers and 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 men men that uh, held the Bible high and and have biblical worldviews. But there there came out a few things that that uh, that he said regarding the riots and and how to protect the kids and 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 how to protect criminals. And we're not going. Uh, I mean, okay, listen, what's his worldview on all those things? What's his biblical worldview? Does he have a biblical worldview? Because aren't, aren't you tired of 
of um, politicians that run on the Bible but won't stand on the Bible. Yeah, it, 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 it's, it's something to take a look at. You know, and, and Brother Johnson, I prayed with him. I talked with him. I, I saw some things, some good things in him. But then now that he has to execute, let's see if he's going to stand on God's word and do what's right and put law where there's lawlessness. You know, homosexual behaviors are, are prevalent. Gender dysphoria, you know, gender confusion. This mental disorder that's that's going on with, with, with people. What about, what's the stance on gender restrooms? <laughs> you know, that that's weird. Gay marriage, sexual orientation. I mean, these are things that we never had to deal with growing up. Well, because we preach the word of God. The culture has really done some um, some really, really uh, crazy things to the, to the truths, the natural truths, the objective truths, the things that we all knew to be... Um, to be um, acceptable for our culture and a, and a civil civilization. Polymer marriage, you know, open marriage, you know? You know, hey, I got, my wife knows that I have five or six, you know, the crazy stuff. You know, school violence. Look at the school violence that's out there. Polygamy, more than one spouse. I mean, there's a there's a TV show that, that one guy has six wives at one time. He lives in Utah, obviously, you know, or Arizona or I think Vegas or one of the places like that. And crazy, just the madness that's out there. Racism, you know, and I have different, I have my own personal opinion on that. I'll, I'll leave that alone. And infanticide, this this murdering of children, you know, the, the, this is crazy. Outside the womb, babies born right outside the, right outside the womb. And that, 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 what's their stance on that? And so we need to take a biblical worldview. And I gave all that, inf- I gave all that out to get us back to the central truths of God's word and to get us locked into understanding why it's important to know for myself what the Bible says. And uh, we're going to touch a little bit. Uh, we're going to touch a little bit on the Chicago, 1978 Chicago statement because this was a statement that was that was given. You know, this was the statement was was given, and uh, what's important about it? Some of the greatest scholars of our time were, you know, trying to corral the the church and bring us to to. Um, uh, a one voice of what faith in Christ is. What does it mean to be a Christian? What does the scripture say? What's the authority of the scriptures? In in, in a short little paragraph, you know, in, in the preface, it, it, it says this, the authority of scripture is a key issue for Christian church in this very age. Those who profess faith in Christ as Lord and Savior are called to show the reality of their discipleship by humbly and faithfully obeying God's written word. Now that's that, that's that's huge. That's why when you look at all these issues of humanism, abortion, you know, pornography, transgenderism, euthanasia, LGBTQ, gay, uh, same-sex marriage, you know, gender gender dysphoria, you start looking at all these things that the culture is really saying saying that all of these are on the table and you can be saved too. Where the where where the where the theologians of that day these these masterminds of scripture they're saying listen you have a responsibility as a christian to demonstrate your discipleship by humbly and faithfully obeying 
the, the written word of God, what, what is written in the scriptures. To stray from scripture in faith or conduct is disloyalty to the master, okay? Disloyalty to the master. Because the culture tells us, the culture tells us that if you obey God and obey his word, it's, it's tyranny on the culture. It's tyranny and it's mean, it's oppressive, it's restrictive. And so we have to come to the, to the reality once again that we're gonna preach the gospel. We're going to preach what's written in the word of God, okay? Don't forget, Stephen got stoned for rolling out the story of, of who Jesus is and who they crucified and who did it. And he cut them to the core. He sawed them in half. That's what that word he cut, right? That, that, that's that word to saw in half. He sawed the people in half and therefore they stoned him because they did not like what they heard. And so when we start looking at uh, at, at what it is to be a Christian. What does it what does it mean to be a follower of Christ? We have to recapture that again because we have all this we have this these issues that are in front of us now. Preachers won't preach on certain topics. Look at your TV preachers. Look at uh, on your main street main street and even look at what's preached on 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 uh, um on um TBN and the God Channel and look Look at the topics that are preached there. Does any of do any of them speak about these things that shape? Because this is all being taught in the school systems, in the public school systems, in your college and universities. I was re I was reading where um, where Duke University and um, Princeton they were they were. They were, I mean, they, they were coming up with this, 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 that at the age of two, a child can decide for themselves whether they're binary, not binary, whether they can have uh, surgeries and they can consent for themselves. These, these are universities teaching these things. These are the smart people. And, and when, when you look at, when you look at what these people are spewing and what they're putting out there, you got to be careful. I mean, when, when I listen to these guys that are, that are at these major universities, you know, and it's now mainstream, it's now mainstream to, to, uh, protect genderism or gender dysphoria. And, and they call it a spectrum, meaning many, 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 many genders. There's a spectrum now. It's no, it's no longer binary. It's no longer, um, your chromosome. It's no longer, it's no longer the the male and female chromosome that that's no longer it. it there's a spectrum they're trying to eliminate all that and what's the church's answer well we got to still we got to stay biblically sound and that that's why i'm doing this is to stay biblically sound so that we know in whom we believe and we know why we believe what we believe in spite of you can again i always say this and I, and i know some some may get a little weary about this but it bears repeating you can't even turn tv the tv on without seeing these issues being put in front of you same sex marriage um the 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 gender dysphoria the the, the transitioning uh, of 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 a boy trying to be a girl and a girl trying to be a boy and it, it's in the commercials it's 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 in everything and we have to make our stand and we have to know what the word of god says and to be faithful to it if we're going to call ourselves christians regardless of what the world says is normal it's not normal 
what they're trying to put out there. Those are those are against the ironclad of truth of God's word. And we need, and we have to stand by that because again, these smart people from Princeton and all these universities that, that are that are uh, pushing out all this gender dysphoria and trans transgenderisms and and, and everywhere. I mean, I, I I was even shocked that 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 ESPN, okay? ESPN has has come out and and endorsed uh, all this race issues and and instead of just sticking to sports because it's everywhere. These people that you think were so smart and all that and they'll come out and they'll and they'll bend their knee to to this 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 confusion on genderisms and um, and racism. It's in sports. It's in the news media. It's not you know. It just it's just crazy. And we ha- we have to know where we stand and and stand where where we know where and what we know we got to stand on it and not be moved from it. I mean, when when these smart I call them smart stupid people. I love how Dan Bongino always says that. You know, these smart stupid people. You know, um, we stand on Psalms 119, 99 and 100. It says this: I have more understanding than all my teachers. For your testimonies are my meditation. I understand more than the ancients because I keep your precepts. In other words, your word gives me what I need about the basic truths of life, the nature of life. Your word gives me that. All this, all this crazy stuff. Yeah. Okay. They can, they can keep it. God made male and female, period. Done. End of story. That's the scripture. That's the text. And so as I look at these, um, at these, uh, great statements, uh, I'm just going to run through some of the, maybe they'll help you solidify and stay solid on what God, what God's word says to us, and stay true to the word of God, regardless of regardless of the um, the uh, uh, the backlash, if you will, or the or the snarky remi- remarks of of the culture and people, and you know, you're big, you're home, you're 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 square, or or that's not what that's not what we believe. Okay, fine, fine. Okay, we're going to touch on believisms and um, and true faith in God. Okay, and so we as a we as a Christians, we as Christians, we as we that that uphold the biblical worldview. You know, uh, we we know that God, who is Himself truth, only speaks truth. That's why Jesus says, I'm the way, the truth, the life. Has inspired Holy Scripture in order thereby to reveal himself to a lost mankind through Jesus Christ as the cre- as creator and Lord, redeemer and judge. This is this is huge. This is this is what these great theologians came in. Okay, you know, R.C. Sprawl, um, uh, Dr. Boyce. I mean, th- these are the great scholars of, of the day. And they say, look, man. We have to understand that 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 it was the word of God. It's the Holy Scriptures that reveal to a lost mankind that Jesus is a creator and Lord. Creator and Lord means that he's the landlord of whatever he created. He's the redeemer and the judge. Holy Scripture is God's witness to himself because he's truth. Everything God says testifies of who he is. And scripture interprets scripture. And, and so looking at, at the Bible from that perspective, looking at looking at this uh, this um, this conference, you know, and, and the document that came from this conference that we need we need we need to get our back ourselves back to being centralized on God's word. 
the Holy Scripture being God's own word, written by man, prepared and superintended by the Holy Spirit, is of infallible divine authority in all matters upon which it touches. That, listen, it's God's word on every one of these cultural ills, all these things that we are doing in our church. It is God's word that has authority over them. You know, that's why whenever a church does anything, it's just say, what is the biblical premise for that? What does God's word say about that? It is to be believed as God's instructions in all that it affirms, obeyed as God's command in all that it requires, embraced as God's pledge in all that it all that it promises. So, so again, when you start looking at where we are today, we have to start saying, how does God's word touch that? Where does that issue fall into, into what God's word says? Because I'm going to obey God's word. I'm going to stay under the banner of God's word. You know, and, and, and again, we have this culture and we have, we have this, uh, this education system that no longer honors God, no longer has God in, in, in any of their, in any of their um, uh, teachings and in their mind. You know, the Holy Scripture, the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Scripture, which in which the Holy Spirit is the divine author of, both authenticates it to us by His inward witness and opens our minds to understand what it means. That 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 is huge. That is huge. That we we understand as Christians that we need we need the the opening of our minds by the Holy Spirit. Okay, no man can come to the Father. No man can come to the Father. That's the Spirit of God draws him. There has to be a drawing. There has to be an opening up of their minds. Okay, you can't see anything unless God allows you to see it. You know, it's it's the idea. It's the idea when Moses said, you know, Lord, show me your glory. God says, now you can't see my glory and live, but you can see my backside. I'll let you see what what um, I'll let you see. Okay. Okay, listen, unless the Spirit of God unfolds it to you, unless He shows it to you, you don't know anything. That's why that's why these um, many of these scholars write the way they write, because they have they have scholastic, they have scholastic ability. They have etym etymological abilities, study of words and how to write and how to put that brilliant, but they have no biblical theological understanding, which can only be given to you by the Holy Spirit which is the divine author of the word of God. There, there, is, there is many, there, there, there's a lot to say on this, but we have to get back to the point and we have to get back to, to the uh, uh, basic truths that hold us together on the Bible and making sure that we stay centered here. I love this, I love uh, this, this article, okay? These are, these are what they call articles of affirmation and denial. We affirm that the Holy Scriptures are to be received as authoritative of God, our authoritative Word of God, okay? In other words, this Word, because it's from God, has authority over everything and everyone. That's why many churches, you know, they make up their own rules. They're not biblical, but they place their rules above God's law, above God's Word. You know, the Catholic Church, I say this respectively to those of you that, that are come out of the Catholic Church, respect the Catholic Church in the way you do. However, they have put books in the Bible, the book of Maccabees, Maccabees, I believe, and, and the book of wisdom. They, they Those are not canonized books. Okay, those, those are different, but because the church put them in, okay, they 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 follow them. Well, they didn't make it in there for a reason. We deny that scripture received 
their authority from the church tradition or any other human. Okay, again, we don't have human reasoning in this thing. We stand on the authority of scripture given to us by the Holy Spirit that it is the word of God and has authority over everything. The authority of scripture doesn't come because you go to the because the church says so. The word of God says and has authority over the church because it's his church. So we live in again, we we live in a uh, um this culture that thinks that it could just create and live live human live uh, humanistically in the sense of our behaviors and and we see what it's produced weak preaching most of this most of our eels are because of weak preaching we've yielded to the mob we've yielded to the culture we've come so far and it's produced a weak church that's afraid to speak up and afraid to say no we ain't doing that Here's another article of, of, of um, Chicago's um, writings. It says, We affirm that the scriptures are the supreme written norm by which God binds the conscience and the authority of the church in subordinate to, to that of the scripture. So whatever you're doing, that we are to bind ourselves to the, to the supreme written norm. In other words, the written word of God is the norm for the church. And that means that means that means God's perspective. On, on Sodom and Gomorrah. That means God's perspective on marriage. That means God's perspective on morality. That means God's all those all those ceremonial and um, ceremonial and and uh, civic laws that are in the Bible. All of them. The church is to submit itself to the supreme written norms of the Bible. Crazy, huh? Because the church at the time was out of control. And I feel the church at this time is out of control. And we have to bring ourselves back to this. Okay? We have to bring ourselves back to this. You know, we, we, we have a lot of work to do. We have a lot of work to do because we've given up a lot. We've given up a lot. We went from prosperity to, to just believisms to and, and we've thrown out the doctrine and, and having the right biblical perspectives on everything. Here's another one. We affirm that the written word of God is in its entirety is a revelation, revelation given by God. You know, to understand the isagogics of, of how your Bible became what it is, that process that it went through, that it was given by God, that the written word of God is revelation given by God to the prophets, to the apostles. We deny that the Bible is merely merely a witness, a witness to revelation or only becomes revelation in the encounter or depends on the response of men for its ability. In other words, we don't care whether you believe it or not. It's still God's word. We're not waiting for your response. We're not waiting for you to like it. We're not waiting for the world to like it. Paul writes and says that the gospel is foolishness to the world. We try to make it so relevant so that they can believe. Nah, that's not that's not how it rolls. We don't we don't. It doesn't matter whether they believe or not. It's like I did the study um, on the last podcast on the resurrection. And and wait, I'm rolling out a lot on the revelation on on the resurrection in the next few podcasts. Okay, we're gonna learn a lot about why the evidence is so overwhelming, and we need to lay out the data. And it deals with this right here. That we don't care if you you we don't care if you 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 like it or not. The fact is, the evidence says that Jesus rose from the dead. The evidence says he rose from the dead. That the revelation given by is, is by God. And whether you respond to it or not doesn't mean that it's valid or not. That's why some say, well, I don't believe that. It's okay. 
There's a lot of people that don't believe in gravity until they jump off their roof and kill themselves. I don't believe the law of gravity. Ah, well, jump off that roof. We have to get back to we have to get back to these biblical norms. We affirm that God, who made mankind in His image, has used language as means of revelation. That, that that's that. I mean, He's a speaking God. He's a God that speaks. And so, so looking at this, okay, with this type of understanding, reeling ourselves back in, it's time to recapture it. I want to believe. I want to believe correctly. And when I, when I look at uh, John six twenty eight and twenty nine, it's work to believe. It's work to believe. Listen to this. The disciples asked Jesus. Then they said unto him, What shall we do that we may work the works of God? That Jesus was 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 active in ministry. He was doing his thing, and his disciples said, Hey, what do we what do we have to do? What shall we do that we may work the works of God? And, and that, that's a valid thing. How did God, how, Jesus, how are you doing what you're doing? Jesus gives them this answer. Jesus answered and said to them, this is the work that you believe in him whom he sent. In other words, the work is believing, is keeping, is keeping your, your pisteo. That's that Greek word for believe. And, and this is important. This is why I, I, I put this in the middle right here. This word believe, when Jesus says this is the work of God that you believe. This means you have to know and think that this is true at all times, that you are persuaded consistently. See, it's it's hard. It's hard to keep your belief right. This is the work that you constantly believe that God is good. You constantly believe that, that God is working in you. You constantly believe that all things work together for good to those that love God and are called according to his purpose. It's, 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 it's this pisteo, this, the, this constantly in faith, constantly believing, constantly being persuaded, unmovable in your thinking. Regardless of what's happening, that you put your that you put your your confidence, your belief, you give credit at all times to all that God says He is. That you never waver. This this that's work to do. That means you have to think correctly at all times, and it's work. That means you have to have the right perspectives. That means that you have to have the right the right. Um, the right information that you're dealing with at all times. That's why it's important to know your Bible. That's why you can't get caught up in all this this cultural stuff. That's why, as we get, I laid out a few of these little articles that they were that they were um, putting down as in order for you to be a Christian, you have to have these perspectives. This is tough to constantly believe, to constantly convince ourselves and be persuaded by the scriptures and never move away from, from, from that perspective. Jesus, they asked, well, how can we do the work? She says, you really want to know what the real work is? The real work is that you believe that I am the son of God, that you believe that I am sent from the father, that you never waver. You never waver. There's no backsliding in this thing. Amen. You know, and, and it gives you that same, it gives you that same idea. Because belief, how you believe is, 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 you know, part and parcel of faith in God. I mean, James, James chapter 2, 18, 19, used the same word belief, but he uses it in the negative. Watch this. He says, but someone said, will say, you have faith and I have works. Show me your faith 
without your works, and I will show you my faith by my works. So we begin to understand this faith, which is a verb, which is a which is the action towards God. It's 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 where where your where your beliefs are demonstrated. Okay, it's where your beliefs are demonstrated. Listen to what he says. He says, You believe that there is one God. Boom. He says, and you do well. You know, you accept, you assent to that. You agree to that. You're convinced that there's only one God. And listen to what he says. Okay. Even the demons believe. In other words, even the demons know that there's one God. But it takes more than that. See, it, it, it's the hard, it's the hard work of belief. It's the hard work of keeping, keeping everything together. It's the hard work of never being discouraged. It's that hard work. That's the work. That's the work you got to put in. Am I reading the right stuff? Am I listening to the right stuff? Am I, am I studying God's word? Am I putting time into the scriptures and the text to where I may see it correctly? Because we have humanism in the church. We have it in the pulpit. Most, most, most of, and again, and I say this um, as a, as a disclaimer in the sense of, of, um, the topical preaching and because topical preaching is necessary you know to preach relevancy things that are things that that will help improve your lives topics on love and topics on on um forgiveness and and um you know renewing of your mind and joy and peace and all these all those topics to be topical is necessary great great revivals have come in because of because of topical preaching but we have to have a complete understanding at all times, in all circumstances, a very wholesome look at the Word of God, at the Bible, at Jesus. Jesus said the demons believe that there's one God. They, they believe and they tremble. But this is the work that you believe. So it's work to stay and keep your spiritual equilibrium. It's work that when something confusing happens, that you don't go all negative. That you, all of a sudden, you don't cast away your confidence. You throw away your parisia, your, 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 your frank speech about who God is and the promises of God. We just throw it away all of a sudden because humanism steps in. That there is no God all of a sudden. That God's not on the throne. He don't care about how I, what I do and what I think and how I feel. And 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 contrary to the the Chicago statement, it's very important what you feel and what you think. You just can't think any way you want to think, and feel any way you want to feel, and act any way you want to act. Because to show my Christianity, I must show my discipleship. And by showing my discipleship, it can only be seen through my obedience to our Master and Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. And so, when I start looking at at all these, all this um, cultural stuff that's happening, I want to center you on the, on the Word of God. I want to send you on seeing the Scriptures correctly and never abandoning it. Don't abandon the Scriptures. Stay in Genesis one through eleven. Stay in the biblical worldview. Stay in what Jesus said about marriage, about sanctity of life, about the sanctity of marriage between man and woman. Don't, don't care. Don't care. We must protect our children. We must protect our, our women. This culture has gone crazy. The destruction of the women and the destruction of the family, the destruction of children is the, is the enemy's target. We have to stand up. We have to preach what the scripture says. We have to preach what the word of God says. And so today, 
I give you this little this little podcast on staying true to the word of God to the word of God that the culture is going crazy. You're seeing it in real life. You're seeing you're seeing guys act like girls and identifying they can identify themselves. They can identify, you know, all that's all that all that comes from humanism that there is no God, there's only man. But we as Christians we are faithful to the scriptures. We're faithful to the word of God. Just like Jesus said in the book of John, chapter 6, 28 and 29, this is the work that you believe. It's work to believe. Work on what you believe and you will see a greater impact from your sermons you listen to, from your interactions and relationship. All those things will be far more appreciated by working on what you believe the scriptures say. Well, God bless you. I pray you have a good day. And we definitely will talk to you again this week. God bless you. Bye-bye. This is Elias Flores saying thank you for listening to Prophetic Whispers. And we will talk to you soon.